Three, two, one, and we are live, Julie. We are back. Yes, after always uh, another adventurous week. We've been kind of joking about how it seems like March was the 100-year month. <laughs> so <laughs> in a sense, I guess I'm really looking forward to April because uh, hopefully it'll be different and, and we'll get some positive things going here. So we are doing our Sunday podcast, and this is where we're a little bit less formal we are at the beach. Um, we have our Diet Cokes in hand. I assure you, if you hear us drinking anything, it's not an alcoholic beverage. One of the rules Julie and I have is that happy hour is lasts for only an hour, and we only have one glass of wine, and it isn't until 6 o'clock. So a suggestion for all of you to make sure you're adhering to your own alcoholic consumption rules. It's easy to overindulge when there's not a lot of structure in your day. If some of you guys are not yet um, adapting to the idea that now more than ever, having a time block structured day is the best thing for you. We talked about that on past podcasts, but Sunday at the beach, this informal show, the whole point of it is essentially is for Julie and I to defrag and you guys to listen in as we talk about the experiences we had over the past week. And sometimes we just kind of go down a rabbit hole of talking about whatever the heck comes to mind. So the feedback on this format's been really good. And um, I'm looking forward to it. And I want to start start out by saying I finally got caught up on my sleep. <laughs> a 25 milligram slug of diphenhydramine did, did the trick. And so I'm feeling yep. much better now. Note to self, easy way to knock Tim out in future. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm glad that that, I think, I think that a, a lot of people need to be getting caught up on their rest from, you know, just getting this far past March. And uh, you got to refill the cup along the way, guys. Take a breath. So we have been gathering, so what Julie and I do is we'll get on a specific topic or a train of thought and we'll essentially work on an email and we'll send it back and forth as she and I hone in on, that's how we wrote our book too, as we hone in on a specific sort of you know thought pot pattern that delivers the most value with the least amount of words. That's really what we focus on. And essentially direct, right? We're wanting things to be direct and clear and actionable. I'm going to share with you guys some of the things that we're working on today. And Julie and I are both looking at the same pieces of paper. So... Um, and what we're doing is we've been going into history. We've been going into looking for historical quotes and sort of pulling out things that we thought would be relevant to all you guys. And I think I have, what did I find, Julie? Four really good quotes? Yes. Okay, yeah. Really good ones. So I'll read, read the first one by Napoleon. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of interesting. Battles are won not on the battlefield but in the planning phase because once the guns are blazing, the bombs are falling, your stomach takes over. Uh, and I've yet to meet a stomach that makes good decisions. I thought that was a really good point. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I, I think what he means there is don't count on yourself to make the same quality decisions when you're going through something, when you're in the thick of it and the bullets are flying at you, whatever those uh, may be. You're not in the same mental zone as you are when you're actually planning. And that reminds me of the interview we did a couple weeks ago with the F-15 fighter pilot who is also... A coaching client, Legrand. If you guys did not listen to that interview, make sure you go back and listen to it. It's on iTunes, on Stitcher. But he talked a lot about the STEM brain. And that's in essence what Napoleon was referring to as well, is that in essence, if you're waiting for the bullets to start flying, chances are you're not going to make the best decisions and that's how you're going to lose. So one of the things that we're trying to do and we are doing, I think successfully with all of you, is we're helping to prepare you guys for the next market. We're doing our best to make it so that you are uh, you know, battle hardened right now in essence by making sure all your personal stuff is protected. And we've been talking about that endlessly on the podcast. Uh, and just to summarize, it, there's three things, really four things that all of you need to be doing now. And all of these things are just, you know, kind of bizarre to hear me even saying these things. But these are the things you all need to do now. Immediately take action on applying for the small business loan um, PPP 
program. In essence, that is going to—it's uh, a loan that turns into a grant. It's going to every single one of you, whether you're 1099 or W-2, are going to qualify for that. The problem is, it's only—it's a limited time program, and as of now, it appears that once the money is gone, it's gone. So get your applications in. If you are a W-2, the debt or the uh, the day you could start submitting applications was the second or the third of April, the third of April, which was um, a couple days ago. And if you're 1099, you still qualify for this, and that's on the 10th. So make sure you yes. submit that. That. And don't worry, I'm going to tell you guys how to get all this information in a second. So you don't need to spend And, and by the way, Tim, I don't want them to be weird about this because essentially today NAR came out basically endorsing it and NAR went to bat for all of this for yep. you guys. So, you know, people have some weird feelings going on occasionally. They're essentially, if you go to the uh, NAR news about this, they're basically telling you to get off your butt and do it right away. Yep. And they, they're being uh, highly assistive. Uh, they've got an FAQ going. You know, and very encouraging that this is what you should be doing. Not just because we say so, it's for you, for your family, for your business, and because NAR, you know, who has lobbied for you is saying to do it. Well, that's exactly right. And I listened to a podcast with Brad Inman and Bob Goldberg, and I forget the lobbyist's name this morning, and they talked about that very thing the fact that NAR essentially pushed to have 1099 you know, realtors included in the unemployment because obviously all agents are going to be directly affected by the shutdown as well. So, next quote. And this one's simple. And Julie, you can read the one after that since yep. you're the one that researched like that it. One. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> All right. The next one is by failing to prepare, you are prepared to fail. Same idea, right? Same thing as Napoleon was saying. Um, so this next bit, and again, these are just form, these are just thoughts that we're formulating in the, and we're going to be putting into a more formal presentation. But um, I think you guys will like where we're going with these thoughts. Julie, this next yes. bit, this next little part, it's a little long, but I think it's very, very worth listening to. Yes, and I, I'm glad that you thought of this because I, I think this just really drives the point home. Here's the quote, and it is, it's a paragraph. Uh, Some species of plants actually require fire for their seeds to, to sprout. Some plants, like the lodgepole pine, the eucalyptus, and a tree called the banksia, have uh, cones or fruits that are completely sealed with resin. These cones or fruits can only open to release their seeds after the heat of a fire has physically melted the resin. And I read that, I, I knew that, but I didn't have all this detail. And I, as soon as I read that, I thought, well, gosh, I wonder what everybody's, quote, resin is, what's being melted off of everyone to get into action here. Um, other species, including a small number of shrubs and annual plants, require dormancy. Some of these will only sprout in the presence of such chemicals and can remain buried in the soil seed bank for decades until a wildfire actually awakens them. I thought that was really interesting to think about you know, the upside to all of this and how many people have been, you know, there's different ways of being dormant, right? Maybe dormancy in real estate has been, if we're being honest, a little bit complacent that the market has been carrying some of our listeners, not completely maybe, but things are, and we're all very clear on this now, a lot easier when it's a hot seller's market. You can be roughly accurate on your pricing and probably still get it. You know, the inspection doesn't have to go perfectly. And you're still going to get your deals done by and large, okay? The sellers can be kind of motivated, don't have to be supremely motivated. All that gets glazed over when the market is marching on on its own. But when you have a black swan event happen like this, I think that, that a lot of people can be shaken loose from their habits. We ha- I mean, it was forced. We all have to do that. Some of you guys would never have dreamt of being a home office dweller 
too bad for you. You have to adjust. So the other programs that we want you to talk with, that we want to make sure you're aware of, not just the SBA program that Julie just talked about, but we also want you to make sure uh, in every single one of you, I know this is going to be weird, but every single one of you should be applying for unemployment. There's yep. state unemployment and there's federal unemployment. And every single one of you have to be doing that. Um, and the unemployment checks you're going to get are going to be per week from 640 bucks, I think, all the way up to $1,000 per week. Um, and if you're having, you know, if you're, you and your partner, spouse are both self-employed, now self-unemployed basically because the, the coronavirus and the government shutdown, well, then the next thing for you to do is apply for both of you. And then you're going to, some cases, be making $2,000 a week in unemployment. Now, these are supposed to be, I think the unemployment benefits are supposed to be for four months, but there's a really good chance, depending on how uh, all this shakes out, that those will be extended. I would be shocked if they weren't extended. And I would be surprised, frankly, if that SBA small business loan, the PPP, which is the one that's the easiest one to get, um, and it frankly has the least amount of bureaucracy to get it, and that does convert to a grant that most of you will then discover you won't have to pay back, so it's all upside for you. That program will be going away quick, so that is literally first come, first serve. That's what it appears and how it appears to work. Yes. Okay, and there's one more thing. Okay. We didn't talk about deferments and, and forbearances, okay? Right. So on all of your mortgages, for on everything that you pay, ask for a forbearance. And there's going to be... Um, we, it does appear that by the end of next week, there's going to be one process for all ma uh, major mortgage companies to follow where it's going to essentially allow you to have a forbearance on all your mortgage payments for up to 12 months with no balloon payment. In other words, they're going to take the missed uh, payments and the principal and interest and they're going to tack it on the back of the loan, not on the back of the forbearance. So that in essence means that you can have a forbearance, no payments on your mortgage for 12 months. And then 12 months, I guess they're going to have another look see to see how the economy is going. Even if you don't think you need the SBA loan, even if you don't think you need the unemployment, even if you don't think you need the forbearance, and the forbearances are good for your primary mortgage, your you know, your say your rental properties, your vacation property, whatever it is, and I understand they're working on forbearances for commercial as well. Mm -hmm. So get forbearances on every single type of mortgage that you have and do that immediately. And again, I'm going to say this and make this really clear. Do this even if you think you don't need it. At the very least, you can keep on making your mortgage payment. You could take that unemployment check. You can put it in, the, in a bank account. You can take that money from the SBA. You can put it in a bank account. And some of you are even going to qualify, depending on what your income was, for the fourth, essentially, you know, handout, which is essentially going to be the one-time payments that are supposed to arrive in April. I don't remember what those are called, Julie. Do you? Uh, some assistance label. I'll have to look it up for you. Right. Can you Google yes. it real quick? Yep. Okay. So those are going to be available in April too. And a lot of you, are, you guys are going to qualify for those. And you qualify for all of them. You don't just, one doesn't basically mean you can't apply for the other. So apply for everything and chances are you'll get everything. Now I had, um, I was on uh, a ton of other people's podcasts in the past week talking about all this stuff. And the uh, and we and we've drilled down. We've done all the homework. We've got all the forms. We've got all the checklists. We've got all the phone numbers for the mortgage companies. We got all the information you guys need, and we want to give it to you for free, no strings attached. Just text the word survival to three one nine nine six. Text the word survival to three one nine nine six. And when you do, we're going to text you back a link to our free coaching program. This is a free coaching program that we developed because of this market. It includes all the information we just talked about. It also goes through a lot of the, essentially the things you must be doing now to make money. So all you've got to do is text the word survival to 31996 and you'll be texted back a link. Just click on the link and you can go and register and you can be inside that uh, coaching program and download all this information. Um, the information is being updated constantly. We are probably, um, and our team is in that uh, website 
I bet you 20 times a day, removing one form, replacing it with another one, because all this stuff is, you know, it's basically happening in real time. We are hearing stories, a lot of misinformation out there, and I don't want you guys to be confused about this. Like some people are saying they applied for an SBA loan and they were turned down because of their credit. Well, they filled out the wrong one. They applied for the emergency relief one. They didn't apply for the PPP. You see, you guys got to listen and pay attention to what we're telling you. We're going to tell you exactly which ones you will qualify for. And just by the way, the PPP loan through the SBA is non-recourse, which means it's not attached to you personally, which means it's not going to be something that's going to necessarily adversely affect your credit and all that good stuff. So these are, these are programs that are designed as the government's response were essentially shutting the government or shutting the economy down. Now, here's what Julie and I ran afoul of on a couple podcasts that we are someone's guests. They wanted to take the moral high road about taking the quote unquote handouts. And they thought that moralistically, if they didn't need the money, that they shouldn't be taking the handouts because that's money that should be going to other people, which exposes a whole bunch of frank ignorances on their part. First one being that there's some sort of a finite amount of money, which is not true because the Fed prints its own money. But that aside, it also... Well, Tim, it's a scarcity response. It is the definition of a scarcity response. I, I can't take that dollar because if I take it, you can't have it, you know, which, which sounds very altruistic, but it's inaccurate. It is inaccurate, but it's inaccurate from a, 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 FUD, a, FUD, a Fed monetary policy stance but in, in a fiat currency. But that aside, here's the real reason why it's an invalid argument. And I want you guys to be very careful that you're – see, what I'm fearful of is if you, do, if you believe that that's true and you maybe take a religious perspective on it, whatever, then six months from now, you're going to wish you would have gotten on board with these programs and you're going to have waited too late. That's what I'm fearful of. That's the reason Julie and I have been so aggressive about trying to get you guys to take this seriously. There's something in the Constitution, and here's the reason why it's not a moral argument. There's something in the Constitution called the Fifth Amendment. And one of the last clauses in the Fifth Amendment is called the Takings Clause. And you may, you guys are hopefully familiar with what eminent domain is, right? So if the government's going to take a piece of your land or property or business or whatever, in, I mean, eminent domain in real estate people's minds is land. They could be anything. They could declare eminent domain over your business. They have to give you fair market value for that business. If they put you out of business so you no longer can make money, they have to reimburse you for the monies that you lost, right? So what this is, is not the government being altruistic, not some sort of welfare program. This is the government doing what it's essentially legally bound to do based on the Constitution and the Fifth Amendment. That's what's going on here. This isn't just some sort of you know socialism run amok. This is the government having to follow the law because if they say you can't use your business and you can't make money, they have to reimburse you. That's all this is. This is just the balancing of an equation. So please do not be screwed up in your head about going for every single cent that comes your way in terms of uh, an offer. Now, there's going to be some prices to pay for all this money printing, and we're going to talk about some, that sometime soon um, about inflation, and unfortunately, what probably will be hyperinflation, but we're going to talk about that another day. We get definitely in the weeds on that. It's a firmly nerdy topic, but it's very interesting because there's an excellent chance that that's going to be the next big crisis. The next crisis after the pandemic, you know, once the pandemic sort of is 18 months from now, unfortunately, guys, that's realistically how long we're going to be having to deal with this pandemic. In one form or another, it, we're going to be having to live through this sort of, you know, bizarro pandemic coronavirus thing for the next 18 months. Maybe they, you know, develop a, 
Hey, what's it called, Joe? Vaccine. That, thank you. I always forget that. Maybe they develop a vaccine. I think it's like a mental block. I don't even want to think about it. You know? I know. Like I'm, I'm this is such I a know bizarre, you know what a vaccine is. This is such a bizarre you... topic. Can't we just talk about listing a plan? I know. Well, I keep trying to call the uh, payroll. I can't even say it now. The payroll protection plan. The yeah. PayPal yeah, protection plan. Because I'm so used to saying PayPal. It's crazy. Anyway. We all had to learn new vac- vernacular, basically. It's so, crazy. Yeah, I, okay. <laughs> I'm pushing through. Pushing through. Uh, so, uh, look. Apply for all those programs as fast as you can. Don't be screwed up in your head about it. And we're going to be sharing with you because we talked a little bit on one of our podcasts last week about inflation, about hyperinflation. I was kind of surprised by the response we got. So we're going to talk about that more maybe today a little bit, but probably mostly we're going to talk about that in another show. Um, so here's some things. I wrote these points down, and this is literally on my yellow tablet of paper. I wish you guys could see my desk. It looks like a hellhole. Uh, it's a rat's nest. So I need to you know, basically need to back the garbage can up. But um, when I was on all these podcasts last week, and I was I, and oftentimes I'm having to um, listen more than uh, I mean, listen to people say bad things, listen to people say misinformation. I need to listen to people who are selling their own book. Basically, they essentially have they themselves are stuck in one specific mindset. And they're trying to get everyone else to believe in that mindset. And that mindset that I noticed recurring with all these different podcasts, all these different people I talk to, and a lot of brokers I talk to, was one of, and they don't realize it, but it's one based in fear. So based in fear that things are going to change and they can compete with a new set of rules that always come with change. And so you hear a lot of people saying a lot of things. And I wrote these things down that in particular that sort of I heard over this past week. And I want to talk about them with all of you so you guys can check yourselves against what my opinion, Julie's opinion is, and you can decide whether or not you want to keep saying some of these things or having some of these uh, thoughts in your head. Because a lot of this stuff, what happens if it seeds, if it takes root in your thinking, then what happens, it starts to germinate. And the next thing you know, you have this whole, you know, field of thoughts that aren't really congruent with the person in the direction you wanted to go just because you let one little, you know, weird, bizarre way of thinking in. And then all of a sudden you've discovered that you're not able to actually compete and you're fearful like a lot of these people were. So Julie, did you read ahead a little bit? Well, I, I'm not sure whether you're, you're working them into the time machine thought or if we want to talk about well, I can, I can checking start out their there. thinking. And, I, mean, I can start out there. Yeah. Okay. okay. So this is, uh, I like this. Because I thought that was a good segue to get them like, you know, out of the whole. <laughs> Julie's nervous about some of the things that are in my notes. That's okay. what she's doing. If you guys know her, you can tell uh, she's I like hedging. to work them in before they get shock value. <laughs> That's it's my job. Can you, those of you guys who've listened to us for a long time, you know that's what she's doing. All right. So um, here's what you, I wrote this down in our notes. I just skipped it. So time machine, go back six months. What do you wish you would have done differently six months ago um, had you known this was going to happen? That's a great, interesting question. Julie and I ask ourselves that question, right? Oh, I, I haven't asked you this. What would you have wished you would have done differently six months ago? I, you know, I think there's two sections to that. One for me because just make it real. You know, we have your mom living with us, and we have six year old, and of course our home office, etc. I I would have had more of an army of people that can deliver stuff to us Definitely. the next day. I I mean, we learned from the earthquakes to get a generator. Yep. But you so know that, that that's kind of like the seed having to melt. We had to be shaken into taking action <laughs> faster because we were going to wait until hurricane season for that one. So. Yeah. Uh, so I think on a personal level, probably most of us have gone through that. So six months and ago. still are. So six I, months ago. I would have ago. stocked up more and gotten my, my resources okay. going. I think from a business standpoint, everyone is wishing that they were already you. with um, Zoom and stuff. I mean, I'm having to learn Facebook Live and stuff like right. that. So 
you know, being a little bit more online savvy. Right. So six months from now, I'm not, and I'll, here's my answer yeah. for what I wish we had done differently six mm-hmm. months ago. Virtually nothing, yeah. honestly. I mean, we're, I think, we're already online everything. Yeah. So, right. and, and we did a podcast where I, especially early on in this, where we were thinking, thank you, past Tim and Julie, for putting the whole business online from the get-go. You know, the, I, I worry about people that were like one foot in and one foot out and weren't really committed to either one, and now they're being forced into doing things that maybe they're less comfortable with. Everything we've done has always been online. I, even, I mean, we don't really, we do live events when we're paid to do them for other people. But generally speaking, we don't do live events. We built this business on the, you know, understanding that it was always going to be internet-based. And I'm definitely grateful that we made that decision. And as far as like, if we if I were six months ago, knowing this pandemic was happening now, I, I don't think I'd do anything oh, I've got one. Yeah? I would have invented the vaccine six months ago. The <laughs> <Huh? laughs> score. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would have been great. Now, I, I, I'll tell you one thing that I was a little bit concerned about a few weeks ago is when we started talking about this really seriously, it felt like maybe we were overdoing it for a little while. And, you and I? And, yeah, because, yeah. you In know, early March. We, we really been through recessions with these guys and we've seen what happens if you don't take action and i i think part of me felt well maybe we're overreacting a little bit but now i i would agree with you i wouldn't do anything from that standpoint differently and uh, i'm sorry that we're all going through it but i'm glad that we've i mean we've already got a lot of our coaching members have already done all their forbearances you know, know they've already done all of their applications and I've been listening to some of the calls that you've been having. And of course, my own coaching calls and premier coaching. These guys already are getting into action where we have on the Facebook page, people taking listings and, you know, life does go on, guys. That's right. But, but because we were in front of it, I, I think the, you know, people are ahead. The moral of the story, though, is um, we were ahead of our skis with talking about this. Yes. But we were, Julie and I have always run our business and our personal life, frankly, as if there was going to be a zombie apocalypse. We've always <laughs> thought that way. We've always lived way under our means. We've always, I mean, this is just basically a lifestyle decision for us. And, you know, it's funny. And when we moved to Puerto Rico mid last year, it was hilarious. Like, I mean, in, in, a, in a sort of crying, laughing way, hilarious. We got here and like within a week there, everyone was saying there's another Maria style hurricane coming. Oh my you gosh. Know? I and know. The, I kind of even forgot about that. Isn't that funny? It is. And then there was all these other little, these things that you, you know, we bought a house and guess what? We need a generator because electricity goes out here all the time. And, and then there was all these earthquakes. There were literally 200 earthquakes it, like right around, you know, right after Christmas. And it was just one thing after another. And I'm sure wow. I'm missing most of it. And then here it is, what, eight months after we moved here and now there's a global pandemic I know. <laughs> in between hurricanes and earthquakes oh my all right we'll take it yeah. you know well, flexibility Julie, man we are battle hardened so i have another question for you julie yeah. it's six months from now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting question and listeners i hope you're asking this question of yourself so it's six months from now what do you wish you would have been doing differently now that you're not hmm. I, I have i'm not sure that i have an answer for you yet on that that's what i'm working on now yeah, me that, too. That's what the, the process is, is, you know, to have gotten through to this point where I feel like there's maybe a little bit of breathing room and we can, you know, start taking action with these guys. We're going to start talking about uh, profit with you as part of our plan um, next week. So I don't know yet. I yeah. Know. So that's my honest answer. Well, if there were an answer of something you might actually have <laughs> regretted not doing. On you. Yeah, I'm using my coaching baloney on you. But <laughs> there what would it be? An but if there was an answer, come up come up um, with like maybe two or three answers of things that six months from now you wish you would have done differently now. 
I suspect that we're going to have to move more quickly with regards to getting them back into short sales. Yeah, me too. I think that's I think true. that's going to be a we're, do, we're on it, though. We're And frosty. we're on it. And I, yeah. I think that's hitting every, you and me and our coaches faster what, than I thought it would. I'll tell you what I think my one regret might be. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not going to be getting ahead of our skis and yeah. saying things, you know, that were a little too scary. Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, my one regret mm-hmm. will not be essentially being direct enough and not you being, yeah honestly <laughs> okay. i think that's what it'll be i, I think when when you, when we start going through this next set of points and all these things i've been reading mm-hmm. um i've been re- i've been realizing I've, as i've been reading things and studying all this stuff i've always been interested in sort of this you know monetary policy i'm you know yeah. it's, it's fascinating i've read books about this basically my whole life because it's so bizarre i mean the, the you the fed is you know, you guys think that's part of it's a private institution. The people that print our money and determine monetary policy, that's not part of our government. Do you guys realize that? Do you realize yeah, it's you know, an independent uh, entity? It is an independent entity. And so when you start, and there's so so many great books out there. One of the books that I really like, which is a modern book, is The New Case for Gold by Jim Rickards. Is it Rickards or Rikerts? I forget. I think it's Rickards. You'll find it, though. It's a really great book. And I listened to it on, on a, um, you know, an audio book a while ago. And then there's been a whole bunch of other books that have um, essentially come as a result. But when you study, essentially, it, it reads like a James Bond novel hmm. where the Fed is like, you know, Dr. No, or I, I'm sure I'm confusing all my James Bond bad guys, but you get the idea. Start reading some of this stuff and start studying it because it really is fascinating. Essentially, um, what essentially it happens with currency. I mean, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but we're going to break it down for you. But honestly, Julie, I think six months from now, mm-hmm. um, I think I will personally regret as I look upon our coaching clients and our podcast listeners, I think I'll have a sense of dread for not having helped more of them and not being more effective at communicating with them so that they would take seriously the uh, shit show that probably is coming. Yeah. That's what I think well, I'll Well, that's very authentic, Tim. Yeah. Well, that's because, how I feel. you know, you're sincere about it. And I, I, I feel the same way. Um, you know, some days I feel like we couldn't be more direct, but other days I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm practically begging them to get into action. And I feel like, you know, if I could do it for you guys, I would. So I, I'm with you on that thought. Yeah, because I, I, I hearken back in my our own personal you know life, and I, we've seen all these folks through times of distress and these other calamities that have happened. You know, you and yeah. I are, you know, we're not spring chickens, and we've yeah. been quite a, through quite a few of these, especially as real estate agents, but then certainly as um, real estate yeah. coaches and running our business. And the, the human hardship that comes as a result of this is real. And so mm-hmm. I went when I when I really sincerely hope you guys are getting into your heads. Is you got to you got to correct on the side of being cautious. There's no downside in that. Yes, overcorrect. There's no downside. And if you find yourself listening to a bunch of rah rah people that are wanting mm-hmm. you to work on your mindset and they're just trying to make you feel good and you're not actually taking different actions, you're gonna get washed under. I'm a hundred percent confident confident of that. That and I, so here's the thing. It's kind of weird. I'm not worried about. Six months from now, somebody saying, hey, Tim and Julie, you guys were alarmist. You were saying things just, you know, people questioning our motivation. I don't really care about that. And I don't really even care if in some people's minds, the stance that we've taken on this, maybe in some people's minds has caused them to not like us. That's fine, too. I don't really care. Because at the end of the day, I can't 
rest, literally, if I don't feel like Julie and I and all of our coaches and all of our messaging and all of our syndicating, all the tens of thousands of you that have come to listen to us and rely on us, unless we absolutely have left it all in the fields for you. So I want you to ask that question of yourself constantly. If it were six months ago, what would you have wished you would, the six months ago version of you would have done differently? And then you're going to be asking that same question six months from now. What do you wish? What do you think you'll be wishing you would have done differently now? That is a good stabilizing, honest yeah. question. All right. So now what we're going to do is we're going to go through these. Um, and this is what I wrote down next. Be where the puck is going to be uh, versus where it is. And are you saying or thinking any of these things, Julie? Well, let's clarify that quote, I believe was from Ray- Wayne Gretzky. Right. So if we're talking about a puck, we've got to give it a little context here. Um, he, he said, um, where be where it's going to be versus where it is, meaning you're predicting like your six-month question, okay? So the question right now, and you guys have to be really introspective about this. We have a series of questions and thoughts here. These are random too, guys. But the, like I said, the, I had so many different uh, people and groups of people I was uh, being exposed to, and I was their guest and I'm not going to walk into someone's house when I, you know, in their podcast when I was being invited in there and just start essentially, uh, you know, dominating. So what I wanted, right. what, what I did is that to keep myself in, in check, I wrote down the things that they said, which I didn't agree with, or I thought were just was frankly stupid, because then I wanted to basically purge all those things on this podcast and hoping that I could at least have a positive effect on those of you guys who listen to us on Sunday. So the first thing I wrote down is, have you lost faith? Know that the ca- the economy and the financial markets always recover. It's a small it's the small business owners who take on more risk than they're uh, able to bear, either financially or emotionally. Sometimes they don't fully recover because, in a clear sense of uh, essentially, what happens is people lose faith and they give up forever. And the reason I wrote that down is because over history, you have to remember that the economy and the economic markets always recover. But individuals don't. And small business owners are always the ones that take it the hardest. Because when you own your own small business, it's not just you losing a job or a source of income. It's you losing a little bit of your soul. Because you got to be a little nuts to want to take on the you know challenge of being an entrepreneur in the first place. And when that business fails, especially when it fails for no fault of your own, which is the experience of literally tens of thousands, if not tens of millions of small business owners, that are, that's what's happening now. Guys, we have absolutely unprecedented historic unemployment. We have absolutely unprecedented, you know, just devastation to the economy. And so what that's going to result in, this is the second thing I wrote down, is PTSD is, is real. Mental, financial, physical, and, and, you know, all those types of things. So when you're thinking about, there's something called um, cor- cor- comorbidities. And that's when basically you could essentially have the stress from this type of environment causes the running down of people's immune system. It's also a psychological attack that results in, you know, basically a psychological attack on the senses results in suicides. It results in all kinds of other, you know, extraneous problems just because people aren't equipped to maintain this high level of stress for this long. And so what it does is it wears people down. That always happens during a crisis. The suicide rate in 2008 went through the roof. And unfortunately, that's going to happen now. And so these are the types of real effects on real humans that stuff like this has. So, uh, again, somebody criticized Julie and I for saying, well, mostly criticized me for saying, that the virus was the pandemic, but the plague that's really going to affect most Americans is what happens after the pandemic, and that's the economic plague. And that's the thing that's going to actually adversely affect the most number of people. And I mean literally 
have the most physical, psychological, and you know financial harm, even more than the virus. They can basically figure out how many people are going to get the virus and how many people are going to die from the virus. But when you look at the unintended consequences, big picture wise, of the economic you know hardship that's going to come as a result of this, that's going to actually cause literally more people dying. That's going to cause more people having health problems than even the virus. I know that seems a little bizarre, but statistically it's true. And that's very strange for you guys to think about that. And so what happens is people financially, they never, they never fight back hard enough and aren't strategic enough to learn how to compete in the new market. And essentially, what you guys have to realize is you have to stop believing. And, and really, I, I know this is hard for you to listen to and hear, and it is for me too to even say it, but 99% of the things that you, th- that you did in your business that you thought you had to do in your business in order to uh, be successful in the last market, they are irrelevant now. It's not going to work. And, and this, is, this is what happens when the market shifts. But the market isn't just shifting from a buyer's market to a seller's market. This is so much greater than just a buyer's market to a seller's market. This is the reason it's one of my points that comes up. Um, and actually, I won't step on one of my points. But I'm hearing a lot of people, and this is sort of a, a real estate agent sort of um, – you know, this is the relief valve. They're just waiting for the clouds to clear and life will get back to normal. People are believing that after the pandemic, you know, realistically a year from 18 and 18 months from now, when there's a vaccine created, they're believing that things are going to bounce back to the way that they were. And I want you to be very suspicious of anybody that says that because they're either stupid or they're being dishonest with you intentionally. And because they're trying to basically get you to believe a set of things that are essentially probably um, enriching them. So be very careful that you believe uh, anything other than the fact that this is a long-term process and it only makes sense. Something like, well, actually, I did the research on this and, I, and I'll, we'll get to a point, but I did some homework and found out what percent of jobs in the United States are um, provided by quote-unquote small businesses and what percent of those businesses have lost revenue and will probably be projected to be out of business. And I, I just couldn't believe it. it it's re- un freaking believable what's happening right now well i mean it's virtually everyone everywhere in one way or another it's just a matter of how fast they're going to feel it you know i was thinking when you're talking about this about people waiting and being maybe overly pollyannic that you know the, the vaccine will happen we'll all be back to normal or it'll become raging back to normal or everything will be fine in 90 days okay so here's the point that i want to drive home we've been talking about forbearance Stimulus checks, SBA loans, and unemployment for a reason, okay? That stuff is not going to last forever. That is your mini helium balloon to, you know, to, it's your lifeline. It's something to, you know, it's like a a little bridge. It's a government-induced bridge loan, essentially. It's not going to last forever. It can't. Will they extend a lot of this stuff? I would imagine they will, but it's not going to be for, you know, forever. And it's so, not designed to be 100% income and it's replacement not, either. Yeah, That's right. And right. you notice uh, these programs are like, uh, some of them are eight weeks long. Some of them are 90 days. You know, some of your uh, forbearance um, deals are saying a month at a time, 90 days at a time. So that affects you guys in two ways. One is personal to your point, Tim, you can't wait and, and, you know, live on hopium that it's just going to blow over. And your clients, your database, your friends, some of them are going to not make these applications in the first place because nobody told them that would be your fault because we're telling you, but maybe they just didn't take action for whatever reason. And so what's the next wave of the impact of that? 
you've got to be really ready for that and not count it. So, you know, one of the coaches was talking to me about, we have to remember that not everybody in the world, not all of your clients, here's the podcast that you guys hear. Some of them have no idea. The news isn't reporting on this stuff much. They don't know. So it's going to be up to you guys. Why don't you share this podcast with every agent you know? Why don't you get a five-star review on iTunes? And iTunes will actually, Apple will go out and then basically do the sharing for you. Why don't you go on Google Plus and give us a five-star review? Why don't you help us help your fellow agents? And by the way, small business owners, as we're going through this information, remember that this information is relevant to you and we're, we're, it's designed for us to help you directly. This is our contribution to, uh, this is us doing our our version of God's work, basically, that's the easiest way for me to say it, right? Now, you have to do the same thing and share this information with everyone you know. If you're looking for great, powerful information to give your centers of influence and past clients, maybe they don't need all these different programs, but you know that they know somebody that does. So do everything in your power to share the information. Just text the word SURVIVAL to 31996, SURVIVAL to 31996, and I promise you we're going to do our best to always have that information, the latest and greatest source, so you don't have to you know, read a bunch of bad information on Facebook and a bunch of different sites about what is the most current version of these policies. We're getting this information directly from, um, frankly, we're getting it from our bank, our banker, our private banker. Julie and I are you know, getting this information directly from an executive. As it's coming from the government, it's going to the banks. The banks then are having these sets of rules that they're going to follow in completing these applications. So what we're sharing with you is, the inform- is like the insider's guide. It's essentially like the playbook for the banks. That's the information we're sharing with you. The information, the forbearances, we're getting all that information constantly updated on all the different, essentially the handout programs, all that information is constantly updated. Use this information, take it seriously. That is the one thing I promise you. One of the three things I promise you, you will wish you would have done six months from now if you're not taking it seriously. Or you'll say thank you past fill in your name in the blank for taking action and doing what we just talked about. And thank you, Tim and Julie, for getting me (laughs) off my ass and making me put, yeah. All right. So here's another thing you guys got to stop saying and I know and I'm speaking specifically to any of you who call yourselves coaches or gurus um, you got to stop saying it's like any previous time in any of our lives because it's not there is no modern historical comparative to what we're experiencing now it's comforting for me to say oh julie ben and i have been through this before during the housing crash or we've been through several depression or recessions before blah, blah blah it's comforting to say that and that's okay to feel comforted but the reality of it is is nothing like this has ever happened the only three things and sort of you know if you push out the definition of modern history and by this there's not going to hardly be anybody alive that even experienced these things anymore world war one world war two and the great depression Beyond that, there is nothing in modern history, therefore, that you can compare this in terms of the seismic event that this is having on the global economy. There are no comparisons, right? There aren't. So when you hear somebody say, I've lived through this before, it reminds me of this, it reminds me of that, that should be an indication that they're thinking too small and they're thinking that the set of tools that they developed for themselves to survive that Um, I'm sure with bumps and scrapes and bruises, and that's fine. But they're thinking that what they have in their heads is sufficient for this go around. And why I find that a little bit disingenuous 
is because ultimately what that means is they're probably not going to be learning anything new because they think the tools in their toolbox that they used last time around for whatever it is that they think was similar to this, that's what they're going to then tell you to use. And I promise you, it might, the uh, essentially the things you need to know are going to be marginally what were needed to know in, in the previous crash and like say the recession, but it's going to be completely different because this is going to be a hard reset for every single business that you can imagine. Every uh, This is going to be a hard reset to the way of life that all of us have come to expect as being normal. And you know, we, we're going to talk more about that probably in another podcast, but I want to get the rest of these points. And Julie, you want to read the next one or do you want me to read it? It's about the... Well, so this, this is a big topic too, that I think we're hearing people to expect things to just instantly bounce back. We're going to wake up one we'll day. We'll use the terms. The V-shaped recovery, right? right? So you reach the bottom and then immediately, like the shape V, you shoot uh, immediately up. That is unlikely to happen. Why? The longer we're in quarantine, the less likely there is to have a V-shaped recovery. It, the next best case scenario would be a U-shaped recovery where you bubble along the bottom for a little bit, making more of a U-shape, and then you go up. And if that doesn't happen, and it's possible that it won't, then it would be an L-shaped recovery. And guess, you know, think of the shape L. There's a lot of bottom to that where a, it's a depression type scenario. So you bottom out and you stay bottomed out. So any of these things may happen, but the V-shape is the least likely at this point because of that uncertainty. And we've got to get through and see what it's going to be. And, you know, Tim, I've been thinking, everybody talks about it's either a buyer's market, a seller's market, or a balanced market. It's a skills market. I I think it's a skills market. And I think this may be something that's defined very differently than anything that anybody has a comparison to. Right. It may even have a new name. It may have a new term by the time we're done with this. Well, I had Michelle McClintock on the podcast as an interview last year. And we're, yeah, she's awesome. We were talking about, I mean, she's widely seen as the nation's number one short sale expert, you know, and and she and I were talking, she was on our staff during the whole 07 through, you know, 2010 short sale debacle. She still does short sales to this day. Well, she and I were talking on the podcast, well, everything's changed in short sales. Um, I was on another podcast and we we're talking about distressed property. We we're talking about REOs. That market's going to be completely different than it was uh, the last go around. In that market, that train's not even close to leaving the station. Expect that not to even be a thing for maybe years, to be honest with you. The government might literally not allow banks to foreclose on properties. In my opinion, that's what's going to happen. In my opinion, you're not going to see hardly any foreclosures. You're going to see that houses, basically, if people do abandon them and have to sell them, I'm betting they're going to be sold uh, directly at private auction, skipping the whole foreclosure process. Because the foreclosure process is too expensive and there's all kinds of strings attached. There will still be opportunities for agents to be participating in that process, but it's going to be different than last time. How many times do we have to tell you guys that? So just remember, there is no V-shaped recovery. If you hear anybody in the real estate industry talking about a bounce back. And they are. They're already talking about that. Oh, things are going to bounce right back. You just wait and see. All the pent-up demand and, you know. But why are they telling, why are they saying that? Do they really believe it? Maybe. But why are they saying that? Because they don't want to do the work and find out basically what else they need to know. So they're resistant to change. And so what they're going to do is, and they don't know what to tell you other than basically things are going to bounce back. It doesn't make, here's the real bottom line reason why. Um, 
things are going to bounce back. There's too many unemployed people and there's going to be too many people with psychological scars and people don't buy things if they're not feeling confident. That's the reason that we're going to roll into a long-term recession depression. And as I have been telling you guys, there is no technical economic definition of what a depression is, but I have a feeling um, over the next couple of years, we're going to define what a definition of a depression is. I unfortunately, unfortunately think that's true, but it's just a word, recession, depression, what difference does it make? And here, the other thing, before you guys think that, you know, you know, stop looking for the rope or the, you know, the bottle of sleeping pills here, because the reality of it is, is there'll be fortunes to be made. And the greatest fortunes of mankind are always made during the greatest times of change. We've been saying that for years and it's true. And so we're in one of those, we're going to be in one of those phases. Now, what we have to do is we have to protect you from your own innate desire for things to feel normal again and, and essentially shock you out of your complacency. And we, it, once we do that, once you're prepared, then you're going to benefit when we start talking about the profit phase. Remember, there's three phases to our ultimate agent survival guide, which we give you when you text the word survival to 31996. First one is personal. Second phase is protect. The third phase is profit. We're now we're meandering into the second phase in our podcast, but we're primarily still focused on the first phase because I still see so many of you being confused by it. Oh, and here's another thing. There's another little bit of bullshit that's floating around on Facebook, primarily amongst real estate groups, saying that Bank of America denied you because you weren't a Bank of America customer for your uh, your SBA loan. That's not true. What Bank of America said is they're giving preference to their own customers. But here's what you guys don't know, is that you have a bank account someplace that's probably, most definitely, FDICI insured, FDIC insured. Why don't you go to your own bank and don't go to Bank of America, Right. Right. That's the smart thing to do. Go to your own bank, okay? They they probably, I'll tell you, um, many of our clients have said that they have been emailed by their own bank. After all, they have all of your contact information and they found it in their spam, some kind of special expedited program or special link to get it done. Right. So pay attention to what's going on. You do have to go through your bank on the the payroll protection program. PPP. I still can't spit it out. I just stopped myself. I know. It's It's all right. I always forget the word vaccine. What's, yeah, the, what's the other word? I always forget what's yeah, another uh, word. The text code. Oh, yeah. I, anyway, <laughs> I think it's just part of you and I. I was going to say it's age related, but let's not say that. Yeah, I just need All to right. Okay. Me. So um, there is there is going to be no V shaped recovery. There's most likely going to be a U shaped recovery. I sincerely. But there will be a recovery. Is the point? Sure. And, and it's you're going to have to write it up. It's not going to be by the end of the year. It's going to be a long term recovery, just for the sake of the fact that there's so many businesses that are failing, and those businesses are the businesses that employ everybody. But remember, guys, and we're going to look forward to talking to you about this in the profit section. There'll be new businesses that are formed. There'll be new industries that are formed. There'll be new th- ways things are done. There'll be new entrepreneurs. There'll be old businesses that were basically clogging up the system, not allowing new businesses to emerge. Remember that the what was the the types of pine cones that only basically oh, yeah, can, the lodgepole pines. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. And so this is the rebirth that our economy needs ultimately. And that's the reason we're optimistic about this, not essentially doomsdayers like some people are trying to paint us to be. We're not. No. All right. So now here's the thing. I, we've said this a million times, so this won't take long to say. There's no back to normal. There is no back to normal. The new normal is to be announced. Okay. We don't quite know what it's going to be. Your job is to participate in it. Your job is to be there and say, well, yes, it'd be my pleasure to help you with that. Even if you have no idea what's being referred to, which is one of our main coaching things, you know, if it's a little bit out of your wheelhouse or it's a little different, never dealt with that before. Maybe you've never done a BPO before, but you get an assignment tomorrow and your first, you know, thought is, oh my gosh, this looks complicated. How am I ever going to do it? 
Yes, it's my pleasure. You figure out how to do it. You participate in the new normal. Do you want to get to the next point? Next one's good. Sure. Which uh, I'll, I'll stop saying that's where. Stop it starts. saying it's fake. Oh god, this is another Facebook. I thing, know right? that fun. So annoying. At this point, really, you think it's fake? Okay, so stop saying it's fake or politically motivated. It's not. Don't play politics or allow anybody to convince you that it wasn't just an act of God. The economic plague that's following the pandemic was created by the government. That's why they're throwing money at you. Yes. I, I read a funny thing. Oh, what did it say? Whoever said that one person can't create a big impact never ate an undercooked bat. Oh, gross. Isn't that terrible? So is this from eating bats or eating... <laughs> it's whatever that, that... I forget the name of what it is technically over there. But didn't China. they eat a penguin or is it a bat? Uh, it, no, it's a, it's not a penguin. It sounds like penguin. It's like panduin or something like that. Oh, God. It's a rodent, okay? So, yeah, that wasn't political, people. That was not made up. It is not see, fake. See, Julie, uh, that is definitely a joke that's too soon to tell. Yes. That'll yeah. be a joke. I'll have to roll that That'll be later. a joke that'll be funny to tell in a year. <laughs> Yeah. Not now. That's Ew. too soon. Right now. And it's gross. So and it's gross. point being, <laughs> stop with the whole fake politically motivated discussion and deal with reality. So next point is people, all of us, tend to be overconfident. We've talked about this a few times in our skills and abilities and underprepared. Yes. And, and that's, again, because you're going to have this, you know, essentially this huge issue, this huge pandemic, this what's going to become a you know a plague basically an economic plague and people are going i got it you know what i lived through this before i lived through bell bottoms yeah. after all in disco music i can handle this shit right you get that more i've noticed you get that more from the more experienced agents by and large right because they want to be looked at i i think it's a confidence ego. thing i think it's an ego thing and they they crave someone appreciating their experience right. you know they're like the silverback gorilla in the room and they want all the baby, you know, monkeys to be like, how do I do this? And please help me out, you know. But there's but, value but in that, though. It, it, there, there is. is. But the, here's, there is value. We're not discounting um, people Experience. knowing that they've lived through hard times before. That, of course, is what we all should be. Uh, we should all be pulling from those energies and experiences and reminding us that we've gotten through yes. similar things, but not the same before. But here's the problem with that. It's because a lot of the time those people don't will not adapt to what comes because their egos will still be trying to hit them over this, you know, the brain yeah. with this is just like overconfidence. Overconfidence. They don't realize they have to adapt new skills. So when I hear somebody reflecting back to a bad market back and whatever, I always think to myself, I wonder if that person's actually going to come to realize that the 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 nature of that experience that they had 20, 30 years ago was maybe 5% of what it's going to be like now. And I wonder if they're actually going to take the time to evolve and change. And if, I know the answer is they won't because most people don't. They're just basically going to dig their heels in. And once they realize that their knowledge base or the tools in their toolbox essentially don't even come close to handling uh, essentially this huge problem we're going to have that then they basically give up and they fade. And that's what's going to happen this time too. So you guys got to be really careful. The underlying point of this is be incredibly careful who you're listening to. Be incredibly careful. And here's how you know whether or not you're listening to somebody who's actually trying to help you. Afterwards, are you doing things or are you just feeling a certain way, right? So if you've got the Tony Robbins, you know, there's so many of these real estate coaching guru types and all they are basically is rehashing Tony Robbins. They're like, you know, 
bad fake comics who are all copying, you know, Dave Chappelle or whatever, you know? And so what happens is that these guys are all doing their Tony Robbins routines or their John Maxwell routines or whatever, but there's nothing after that. So you feel good listening to them, but then you basically, if you find yourself listening and being attracted to stuff like that, and afterwards you feel good, but you're not actually doing anything, there's no action that followed, that's called useless. That's called just a temporary feeling. Emotions change. Emotions will betray you. Stop looking for reasons not to do radical things right now because you have to do radical things. This market is all about doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level like every market is, but now more than ever. So please take these things seriously. Text the word survival to 31996. All right, Julie, let's just get through this first block of points before and then we can sign yes, off. Yes, well, okay? you know, we've been talking about things that are not going to instantly uh, bounce back. So we, we can check that one. Small businesses create almost 100% of the jobs in the U.S., and those are the ones you got to keep an eye on. You're going to be talking about those with clients and prospects. So expect that to be coming. Were you, su- were you surprised that statistic? I, I checked. I think I was surprised places. it was that high. Actually, what I what it you said, know? and I changed the yeah. quote. It said, it said, and I, I was, I don't know what this means. Yeah. It said more than a hundred percent. Like, how can you have more than a hundred percent, right? So I read that in three different, uh, or two different papers, and the other says a hundred percent. So small business. It's everybody. It's everybody, basically. <laughs> but you know what, Tim? When you here's what one thing that I've noticed as we on the days that we're allowed to drive around in the wild which for us is only three (laughs) Three days days of the week week. um but you know i can see it when you look at all of you know okay so we've got the big uh supermarkets that are fine because we all have to eat we've got the gas stations we need gas we have the pharmacies but everything else between all of those big stores is a small business. You know, you've got the pizza guy, you've got the yogurt guy, you've got the tiny grocery store, you've well, got, but Julie, you know, it's all small businesses. It's more than that. And, Be- and all their support that. businesses. It's more than that. Yes. It's the franchises. Yeah. When you drive past the Wendy's and you drive past- I know, the, that that I hadn't considered before. Those are small businesses too. Every single business on Main Street is a small business. Ace Hardwares are not corporate owned, they're small businesses. All these businesses are small businesses. All of them have 500 or fewer employees. All of them are basically going to be on their heels if they're not already. Every single business on Main Street, everything is going to essentially uh, change. Mm -hmm. And some of them will make it through. Some of them are going to scrape by. Some of them are going to have to reconfigure themselves. Like here in Puerto Rico, all these restaurants are starting to do home delivery. I'm wondering how many of those owners of the restaurants are thinking, you know what? This is not a bad deal. I know. I have people order for me. You know I just... what? So, so some of the ones that we are now relying on, yeah. it's so funny how they're, um, you see, they've had to adapt quickly. Maybe that's different than some of our real estate listeners because they've got some trailing commission checks coming in and such. So think about a restaurant, right, where the food's going to go bad. Or, you know, they need the immediate, immediate weekly cash flow. And so the interesting thing is how they've done those workarounds. Some of them are so slammed right now that they have actually asked me not to share their information because they don't want to say no to new clients. They want to, you know, figure out how to handle this volume so they can get bigger. Yeah. Well, I mean, those are the types of things that changes like this will force. And we can obviously relate this to real estate too. How many people have been given a hard time about doing all your closing online? Doing using, I mean, when Julie and I bought our, we bought properties out of state all the time. We use uh, virtual uh, notaries. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. The notary basically is watching you through a camera on your, you know, 
uh, on your computer yes. as you notarize something, and you don't have to freaking go there. Awesome. And that's always been there, but there's been reluctance to it because that's not the way it's done. Yeah, but by the way, clients love that. Of course. The resistance is from the agents and title companies and people totally. are set in their ways, not right. from the clients. Well, I mean, not to be self... Well, hell, I don't care about being self-serving. <laughs> Look at EXP. I mean, EXP is yeah. the most perfectly positioned company on the face of the earth of this change, not just because the brokerage itself, but because the underlying assets that, that the company owns, like Verbella. I mean, Verbella, it, you guys should Google Verbella. You should research what V-I-R-B-E-L, is it two L's I or one? I think there's two L's. Yeah, uh, A is. It's essentially exactly what virtually every single business on the face of the earth is going to be adapting to. And EXPI, the company that owns EXP Realty, um, owns you know Verbella. And so Verbella is going to take off as a company and all the shareholders in the company, which are the agents and obviously a lot of other people too, are all going to benefit not just from the real estate entity, but also from the assets that Glenn Sanford was smart enough to buy. So that's insane how good of an opportunity EXP is. If you guys want to learn more about EXP, I want you just to text the word EXP to 31996. Text the word EXP to 31996, and we'll text you back a video that you can watch it that answers the preliminary questions. If you guys want to speak to me directly about EXP, if you're very serious about joining, you can text me directly, and you and I will have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, and my cell phone number is 512-758-0206. Yes, Julie and I aligned with EXP about a year and a half ago, and yes, we want all of you guys to consider being part of our EXP group. It would be my honor for that to be the the case. And I think you guys will agree that this would be a great uh, EXP group for you guys to be part of. All right. So next points. So again, if you want to text me directly about that, 512-758-0206. Next points. Um, this is very interesting, Julie. I was researching all this too. Did I mention I was having a hard time sleeping? <laughs> yeah, I can tell from your notes. Yeah, I know. Um, you're talking about the vaccine. You can tell which ones I wrote in the middle of the night, right? Yes. All right, so there will be a vaccine. Everyone seems to agree in the next 12 to 18 months. In that time, there will be flare-ups of the virus um, that keep every, keeps everyone on edge. So that means realistically for the next 12 or 18 months, you're going to have essentially a one version or another of flare-ups all over the world of people living on essentially the edge of their seats worrying about the return of the pandemic, how the government will react, will my business shut down, will my city shut down, what's going to happen. That's the little interesting you know, quagmire we're going to be in until this virus situation sorts itself out. And unfortunately... There probably will be another virus that comes out of you know China from people eating bats, evidently, and because this uh, this virus is actually known by the uh, I can't say the word epidemiologist epidemiologist. There you go uh, as SARS two. And if you guys remember, ten years ago there was SARS one, also started from where the lovely wet markets in lovely rural China. So it's believed. Do not that Google that. You cannot unsee it. Yes, don't Google those pictures. Wet market China. You Disgusting. won't believe it. It's unbelievable. Well, let's just put it this way. They have bats for sale that are, I mean, bat sickles. At we'll what just point do that. you just become a vegetarian, you know? Ugh, seriously. Ugh, I mean, God. what are you people thinking? Anyway. Anyway, we okay. digress. Okay, we digress. <laughs> well, you know, they also, they eat literally everything. I know. Anything with a heartbeat they'll eat. It's disgusting. It is. It's amazing. All right. So now next point. And this is something also interesting. Even when the vaccine is created, it does not create lifetime immunity. It only lasts, and I heard different things, but it only lasts for like maybe three to six months. 
So even after you have the vaccine, you have to get the annual vaccine just like you do with the flu shot. That's the reason you do it every year because it doesn't last forever. That's fun. Okay, now on to a different topic, and this one's kind of interesting. Actually, you want to hold off on this I one? I think we'll, we'll do a dedicated, since the topic's changing. Okay, so what we're going to talk about, we might talk about this during one of our more formal podcasts during the week or on Sunday. Uh, we're going to start talking about inflation because that's something you guys at least need to have some level of literacy being able to understand because unfortunately the you know people in real estate are trying to sell agents in the belief that inflation is a good thing inflation is not a good thing inflation is a bad thing um, so we're going to be talking a lot about that and I actually had a lot of fun researching actual stories uh, and I found these in old, old uh, newspaper clippings on the internet of people talking about their experiences living through inflation, hyperinflation. And some of this goes back to Germany, um, but it's very fascinating what effects inflation actually has. And uh, that's going to be your, that's where we're going to leave you. I mean, that's it. Because Julie's right. This is too radical of a shift. So we'll be talking more about that. So guys, let us know what you think. Are we on target? Are we giving you the information that you need to have? Are we helping you? Could you help us? Could you say, I look, I appreciate the praise. I appreciate the emails. I appreciate the, you know, I'm not going to lie. On occasion, when I'm not looking forward to all my calls or, you know, conferences or Zoom meetings I have that that particular day, I will hop over to Amazon and I will review read our reviews on our best-selling book, Harris Rules. That always makes me feel better. You. If you've not purchased that book yet, please do so. It is going to be available in audiobook towards the end of the year or probably realistically next year now. Um, but yeah, do buy our book, Harris Rules. And I do appreciate the feedback. You know, I appreciate the fact that we're making a difference in your lives and the difference that we're looking to make isn't just a little temporary hit of caffeine. We're looking to be um, a change agent, not just for basically your immediate needs, but also for the way you think, the way you act. And then you can then positive, have a positive effect on your family, your community. Because really the truth is, guys, is we're all incredibly blessed. I know it's hard to say that when everyone's going through psychological, financial, in some cases, physical hardship. But the reality of it is, is we are incredibly blessed. We're incredibly blessed to be alive. We're incredibly blessed to be in the real estate industry. Most of you listening are real estate agents. A lot of small business owners listen as well. We're incredibly blessed to have each other in each other's lives, right? I mean, we have you guys in our life, and hopefully you feel like that towards us, this podcast, right? All these things, we're incredibly blessed. So even though it, it does seem overwhelming, we will get through this. Um, and, you know... Just like all the times before and all the great times and change in history, we will get through this. Just realize that the set of tools that we're going to need, what you need to know, how you need to approach things is going to radically change. And yes, some of what was relevant before will be relevant again, but it's probably not. Uh, it's probably single digits of relevancy. That's okay. Be excited about that. If you want to look at this strictly from a competitive perspective, be first learning about the new things. Be first in the market. Listen to the podcast we did last week or the week before about making money now with BPOs. That will give you a really good uh, view into the future of how you have to be first. You're going to need to be first about the other things that you're going to learn. And we're going to teach you guys how to do all that stuff. And so for you to get an advantage on everybody, obviously go and listen to all of our podcasts. But if you want to look at this strictly from a self-serving making money now perspective, that's what we're trying to give you. We're trying to give you an unfair advantage in your marketplace because you knew things and not just knew things, you took action on things, you know, sometimes six months, a year before everybody else. So please take this seriously, guys. This is our way of trying to help you 
And we're not doing it uh, just completely just because we're, you know, great people. We're doing it because we know ultimately you're going to do business with us because we earned your trust at a time when you needed the help the most. And that's the reason we want you to do the same thing for everybody else, because they're going to remember just like you're going to remember us helping you, giving you all this information, motivating you, getting you into action. They're going to remember you the same way, provided you don't just, you know, listen to our podcast and then go back to watching Ozark on uh, Mm -hmm. Netflix. Okay? I mean, you know, good series, too. We finished it the other night. (laughs) It is good. All right. Well, God bless you guys. If you need us for anything, obviously, you can text me at uh, 512-758-0206. And yes, Julie and I are available to teach your small group. We're available for Zoom meetings primarily. We're available to help you in any way we possibly can. Um, you want us to do a webinar, you want us to be on your podcast, you want us to do speak to your brokerage, your association of realtors, your state association of realtors, national association, whatever you need for us to do, just ask, just text me directly. You don't need to fill out the form on the website, 512-758-0206. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show anytime. Our replays are always available over obviously on Stitcher and iTunes. Have a fantastic day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.